Video games are a unique medium. They can tell stories. Immerse us in strange, fantastic worlds. Blur the very boundaries of our reality. But at the end of the day, video games are fun. Whatever fun is to you. I'm Jeff Moonen. And I am Matt aka Stormageddon. And on Fun and Games, we talk about the history, trends, and community of video games. It's a celebration of all the games we play and all the fun we find within them. And there's so many more games out there. So we hope you'll share in that conversation with us. Fun and Games podcast with Matt and Jeff. Find us on certpov.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And happy gaming. You're listening to the GBN Golden Red Broadcasting Network. Trainers at your ready and welcome to the Champion's Path. Hello, Johto! You're listening to the Goldenrod Broadcast Network. Welcome to the Champion's Path, a Pokemon podcast. As always, I am your Poke host, Maddie Limerick. And on today's show, I am joined by podcaster, voice actor, and one of my internet crushes, Jeff Moonen. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Hello, Johto. Oh my god, I was not prepared for this to be the that radio broadcast. In hindsight, perfect sense. I love this. Well, it's I decided to do I was like it scared the first couple people who haven't they're not podcasters who I interviewed and they were like, Oh god, they were like, I need to stop you. Do I need to have a character? And I was like, No, I just thought this would be fun to like theme in world uh, yeah. because I am a theater person. So but Jeff, Same. tell tell everyone at home just a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, hi there. Yeah, I am Jeff Moonen. I am a voice actor, an actor, podcaster, musician, audio producer. There's a reason why most of my social media is Jeff Makes Noise, because <laughs> I professionally don't shut up. And <laughs> I am also a very avid gamer, a video game collector. And so I'm always happy to talk about video games. I love talking about video games so much that my podcast is Fun and Games Podcast with Matt and Jeff, where uh, Matt, a.k.a. Stormageddon, and I celebrate our love of gaming, have interviews with people in and out of the industry. We celebrate the games that we love and the individual experiences that people bring to their gaming history. We have a side series called Side Quests, which have different hosts every episode, spending five to 15 minutes talking about games they love. We want to create a space where... People can just love what they love. And in our case, that corner is games. Which I love. And it's one of the things of why you two in the sphere around gaming, one, you guys are the ones that have kind of pushed me back into gaming more than just casually. Because yeah. even though, you know, there, you, you will talk about like difficulties with games or things that we didn't love, but like you all have such a wonderful positive turn on it. And that's why one, so you're on this episode and then for everybody look out, Matt Storm is on the next episode. I had to have the Perfect. boys back to back. Um, yes. But it was just, there's just such a positive sense. And that's a lot of what this show for me is about is that like, even though, you know, we've had problems over the years and nostalgia comes and goes, I love to just have a really fun conversation about Pokemon. And it's something that I think a lot of people have generally almost all positive experiences with. And it's something that we as humans can experience. I mean, call back the summer of 2016 where we actually achieved world peace for about three months with pokemon go pokemon i love go. it yeah i um, i i could only do it for about a week but i have a really <laughs> i have two very silly reasons why 
One was the fact that I was at that point working as a children's musician and where I was working was uh, a company that we were doing classes out in Central Park, which you'd think would be great for catching Pokemon. And it was. It was really bad for my data and battery. And the sort of person who gets paid to be a children's musician on the Upper West Side doesn't make enough for those data costs. And the other, Mm -hmm. I then decided, all right, I'll stick with it. Playing at home, I'll use some Wi-Fi. I live in a, you know, apartment building. There's plenty of stuff going on here. One night, I start wandering around outside of my building. And I've got like a little cul-de-sac. I'm near a park. And I have the, I'm usually very... I try to be very aware of my surroundings. I live in New York uh-huh. City, and let that, like, crashing yes. into crap while you're looking at your phone is always a problem. But yes. I was, like, looking, and I was following something. I was following something, and I pulled down my phone, and less than, I'd say less than six feet away from me was a skunk. Not a skunk tank. <gasps> yep. An actual living skunk. Mm -hmm. And I think it was climbing down from something, but I saw its tail higher than its head, and I know what that means. And I have never noped out of a situation harder in my life. And I went, this is a wonderful game. This is incredible. It's doing wonderful things for the world. I can't have it. Yeah. And I was working a summer stock where I had a mile and a half walk to and from work if I couldn't get a ride in with somebody else. So I played a lot of Pokemon Go that summer, but I also, you know, really wasn't paying attention and got mugged one night playing Pokemon Go. So, you know, it is just... Oh, no. A thing, yeah. Thank it was like whatever, but you know, the the biggest crime that summer was that I was making ninety dollars a week to work one hundred and twenty hours at a reputable musical theater company doing pre Broadway runs. That was the true crime that summer. Oh, that's theater. But, uh, <laughs> I will scream about that any other time. But Jeff, give me your background with Pokemon. What what were the origins? Where did it start for you? Uh, Pokemon started sort of from the beginning of Pokemon in America for me. Uh, not like first, first way, but I definitely right. remember, I think I was in sixth grade when another kid in my class was playing their Game Boy. And even back then, it's just like, cool, cool. You're also playing video games. What's up? Mm-hmm. And they were playing Pokemon and like we were acquaintances, friends-ish kind of thing, you know. And so he let me play a little bit because he was super excited about it, wanted to tell other people about it, especially because you could battle and trade and all of this stuff. And I mean, I was an RPG kid from a, a very young age and just kind of getting to poke around on that was, oh my God. It, I, I, I don't know if I'd call it love at first sight, but it was definitely a, oh, I'm in trouble. Yeah. And I didn't even have a Game Boy. I was a Game Gear kid. And so that was when the Game Boy Pocket was kind of on its way out. Uh-huh. I remember this, saving up like allowances and everything else. The... I could probably like track the date to Toys R Us sales flyers because those are easy enough to find on the internet, which is oddly enough. Yes, absolutely. And so the Game Boy Pocket was $50 and they were selling Pokemon Red or Blue for $20. So I saved up $50 and my mother was like, I'll buy the game if you buy the, you save up, show responsibility. So I got the, the blue Game Boy Pocket that matched Pokemon Blue. Of course, and of course. I went to town on that game. All the other kids at the bus stop were playing too. So any battles or trades I did were there on the like corner a block from my house. Uh, you know, you make friends with those kids that you, you, your early experiences with drug dealers kind of thing of, I wouldn't normally hang out with these people, except they have something I want. Exactly. 
mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. doing a lot of that. And I got really into it. It was a lot of fun. I didn't catch them all when I was a kid, but I could definitely, mm-hmm. if I sit here for a minute, think of like my triumphs and highs and lows. And I infinitely regret my childish silliness of deleting razor leap on my Venusaur. I don't know what I thought was better than oh. that, but there was no, there were no stats. There were no it's stats. True. We didn't know it's anything true. about this stuff. Mm-hmm. They deliberately obfuscated the details, which led towards mm-hmm. a very interesting experience. I mm-hmm. I argue that games that show you everything behind the scenes and nothing behind the scenes are equally valid. And that was a key part of that Scotch Tape and Popsicle Sticks glory that was Gen 1 Pokemon. Oh, yeah. It's so broken for anybody that hasn't gone back to play it, which I didn't do until very recently when they were available on the 3DS. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. DS. Just because I think the first time I played through Kanto that wasn't in Silver or Crystal would have been Leaf Green, where they fixed a lot of those issues for the Game Boy SP release, the Game Boy Advance release. Mm. So... You know, it was one of those things that I, it was very, very recently. And I think even then I chose to play yellow and not red or blue, which I Mm -hmm. still need to go back and play red or blue. Um, But what was baby's first starter when you got that Pokemon blue? Did you, did you pick Squirtle to match with everything else or what was your starter? Bulbasaur. Oh, good boy. Oh, I mean, adorable. Plus someone was like, no, they're dual. The only bit of gaming advice I got was they're dual type. It's going to get you through the first two gyms easy. Also, I just fell in love with, you know, the whole Bulbasaur line. Oh, I love him. Uh, As you can see here, I picked him up the other day at five below. It is for everyone at home. It is a Pez dispenser, which I will say, if you're a collector of anything Pokemon, they're doing the Pez now, I mean, this comes out in six months, I guess, four months. Uh, but <laughs> Bulbasaur is only one to a box. So he is ultra rare in that set because uh, he is the goodest boy. So pick him yes. up if you see him. Just always buy Bulbasaur things anyway because he is the goodest boy. Now, Always Bulbasaur. Always Bulbasaur. And I will say, I can't imagine doing a gen of Pokemon without mercilessly just tanking my grass starter and using razor leaf all the way through the champion. Like just a bullet. I mean, I mean, I got so excited. I've been playing, um, uh, violet and Mm -hmm. you know, while I have lots of opinions about the game, when, uh, my Sprigatito's evolution learned magical leaf, I went, Ooh, what is this? And I went, Oh, it's, razor leaf like it's the razor leaf animation and i went i like that it's called magical leaf because i have been riding the bat the coattails of razor leaf since i started with this gen with my <laughs> meganium in, in in silver so did you also watch the anime and play or collect the card games when when it was early a little bit i i dabbled in both because the anime was I remember it was on WB at 7.30 in the morning, mm-hmm. and so I would watch as much of an episode as I could before I had to go to the bus stop. And yep. so I would catch the tail end of the credits to Sailor Moon, so I'd hear Circle of Friends, and uh-huh. then watch the beginning of Pokemon. And I I fell off of it pretty quick, but mm-hmm. I still... I, I think have nostalgic, uh, will cry hard feelings about the Lieutenant Surge episode because it just means mm-hmm. so much. And I definitely have enjoyed seeing where the anime has gone since, but I just haven't kept up with it. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. the card game, at that point, I was already playing Magic the Gathering and uh, I was in middle mm-hmm. school. So starting to feel very like, I need to find things to be too cool for or else. You know, yep. it's not a conscious decision, but that's puberty for you. And oh, yeah. I started playing, uh, I tried out the Pokemon card game, 
And I and my gamer group were like, oh, it's just baby magic. So I had a handful of cards, got rid of them. Yeah. I actually got some cards at PAX East this year because I think Ken Shepard was, uh, bought a bunch of packs and was just handing them out. Just like, open up some packs. Because there is such a thrill in opening up booster packs. I don't even have to care about the game. Yep. It's just fun. I've started... I've started doing it on Instagram live and just like talking with people because I like the two sets that are out right now. I actually really like from a gaming standpoint, but also just from an aesthetic standpoint. And it's given me something to do while I've been uh, on medical leave with work. And so I, I have come in, in and out of the game, like even back in like 2015, 16, 17, I was competing with nice. the cards because I really liked it. I'm mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oddly good at draft tournaments. Um, because I think a draft tournament a is skill. super e it's also equalizing. I think every it puts everybody on their best and worst because you have to work with what you're given. And I would argue as a theater person that that is where an unusual skill set that I've been able to develop is. Um, here, here. And so and so it's one of those I keep coming in out of it, but like when I got to grad school, I really missed it. And so I started playing again and convinced 12 people to start playing the Pokemon card game with me in graduate school uh, yes uh, it was I, there lovely. were some other card but... games that that happened to me in, in college and actually i to my, my pokemon history i played gen one and then didn't play any others until gen four right i was because you said diamond and pearl got you back into the games correct yes because i was always a little like i said i got the game boy pocket i think a month before they announced the game boy color and that uh -huh. set a pattern of how I got handhelds. And I was, I have always been a scrounger and a collector. Mm -hmm. So getting things on discount is useful on mm -hmm. sale. And so I would usually be a little behind on my handhelds. But naturally, Pokemon games do not lose value. Typically, they increase in value if nothing else. Like I went to right. buy uh, Hearts or Soul Silver about a month ago, and it's a hundred and fifty dollars. Oh. And I went, "Oh, selling that a decade ago to get a PS3 was the stupidest thing I have ever done." It's we all have those, and that oh, yeah. that that's rough. Yeah, yeah, I think I got my copy of Soul Silver right before the price skyrocketed i got it a couple of years ago at gamestop for like 45 dollars, nice. and even that Which for me bad. yeah mm -hmm. not bad at all and i and i know the value of a pokemon game and mm -hmm. i again hadn't really done gen 2 at that point mm -hmm. i've since gone back and freaking love it but yeah i mm -hmm. it was always like all right i got the thing and i'm just gonna buy cheaper games so i never did it yep. then in college mm -hmm. one of my friends whom I still regularly game with, my buddy Greg, was just, hey, the new gen's coming out. Do you want to get Diamond? I'll get Pearl. And there was a whole series of deals that went on there that include possibly minor fraud. I'm not going to admit to anything on a podcast, but there was something. Regardless, I made some deals, and I didn't have to pay for my copy of Diamond. So there was no Ooh, theft. There was smart. no shoplifting. I will say that. Clever girl. I love it. Listen, I th listen. We are at a point where you need to hustle your way wherever you have to and rip off the corporations. So just do it. I, I, the petty larceny, I'm fine with it. Y'all do what you got to do out there. Uh, meet who you got to meet. Be a sugar baby if you got to, because gaming is life. So it's here, fine. Here you go. <laughs> and, and, and listen, if you want to catch them all, you got to be willing. You got to be very willing. True. 
True. I feel that on such a spiritual level. I yeah. And it was so (laughs) fun getting back into Gen 4 because that Mm -hmm. had that first kind of wave of it's so funny. Like there's those universal-ish experiences of like Mm -hmm. cringe and nostalgia within one's life. And I think college for a lot of people, certainly at that point in the early 2000s, early mid aughts. No, that was late aughts, dang it. Uh, that was like 2007, I think. 2008. What are years? So Regardless. No, it was it was a little earlier because I still lived in North Carolina, so it was pro- but it was before New York, so it might have been like 2006. That sounds maybe? about right. I remember before, playing yeah. Platinum in 2008, so that's yes. kind of yeah. That yes. Mm-hmm. That's that's where my feelings at. But regardless, so that was one where I got it, and it just seemed to unlock this thing. Of Pokemon, Pokemon, Pokemon. Oh my gosh. And a bunch. I mean, I went to an art school. So all the all the jazz music and theater nerds also pulling out their DSs. Yes. It was great. And I yeah. haven't looked back. I love that. Also, there's that great thing where a lot of people either use college to shape themselves into what I will call an industrial machine of, of capitalism where you Mm -hmm. just own yourself to be the best worker that you can, which in a lot of majors, that's what you do. Or it's where you actually learned that you were kind of lied to for the seven years of middle school and high school. And you realize that it's actually about reclaiming a lot of those things. And Mm -hmm realizing that what makes you weird and the weird things or unusual things you like are actually going to benefit you in your adult life and your career. But also that like, just because you're quote unquote grown, you still have to have hobbies that don't include talking about gas prices or finding the best brunch deals. Like I, so many people that it's just like, what do you do when you go home? Well, it's even like maybe it's just as a queer person that's always been very independent myself it's when people do the marriage train and then the baby train and then their entire personality is reprogrammed to being a parent which is mm-hmm. not a bad thing i don't want anybody to think it's a bad thing but when you go from it's not talking for everybody about, well and think where you go from talking about things that actually interest you or that are happening to you to well tonight we made uh, we made macaroni and cheese and cut up hot dogs because that's what Bubba wanted and then we hung out and we watched the the Hallmark channel and it was a lovely family evening and like for some folks that is everything <laughs> that you need but yeah. when I watch fiercely independent thought-provoking people who just kind of lose everything that they had before it is a little shame and so I always uh because I went back and finished undergrad when I was you know 27 29 30 nice. and so it's one of those things that it was really nice to go back and see that there was a huge cosplay cartel. There was a giant video game club. There was a LARP society. There was yes. uh, humans versus zombies for any new Paltz people, which is just everybody running around campus with Nerf guns and like playing humans versus zombies. It's a ton of fun, but like we had a great comic book society and just those things, just seeing that people and they were using to inform their art, what they were doing. I just think that something out there that I always tend to gravitate towards the adults who quote unquote, haven't grown up, but actually we're the ones who grew up more than other people because we are able to develop that career. But also we still let ourselves have passions because I think when people are like, Oh, what kind of people, what, what are you into? What kind of person are you into? And I go, as long as somebody is passionate about something that they love and I can see their l- eyes light up, 
that's all I care about with people. And I find that it's the, the people that still embrace their nerdiness and things. Um, yeah. And if it's outside adult. of your purview, but mm-hmm. hearing someone with great passion talk about what they love, what a joyous opportunity. Yeah. What a great way to learn something new and to just hear it from mm-hmm. someone that cares. Uh, it's what got me back into anime because like you went for um, anime was not really accessible for a very long time and it wasn't until like Crunchyroll became super affordable or like Hulu and Netflix really started having anime and things that I really started partaking of it again and seeing people get so excited when I went oh I tried that show that you told me I should like and just to see them light up because you know we all talk at each other like oh my god girl you have to try this show and it's like all right I'm gonna uh, and you always say the, oh my God, it is on the list. And it's like the list of things that I'm probably not going to get to because I can't be forced to watch anything. Um, it's, but- I have the, I have a list. I have a physical list or not a physical, but I have a list that I write things down on because there's also something I've learned as a very nerdy human with a very nerdy spouse. You, you can't force people to, to watch or play yep. those things, but you put them out there. And you let people find them when they're ready. There are a large number of games and shows and things that we, that Sarah and I have shown each other or like wanted to share with the other that it's kind of a, this is a thing. It's here when you're ready. And giving them that space and that time, either, you know, either one of us, always worth it. Always worth it that's how i sell everyone on steven universe i just put it out there in a time where i think they are very emotionally vulnerable because i'm not always i'm (laughs) well i'm someone that a lot of people come to when they need Mm -hmm. to talk because i like to foster that kind of energy with people and a lot of times when i'm also like you need that comfort thing and for a lot of people sometimes it's gonna be but that's how i sell people on steven universe i was like there's just this thing i think you really might like it gay space people gay space rocks in a cute space rocks. plus size lead gay space rocks like and you also and got, set that sort of thing of like get to this episode if yes. you get past this episode and you're still not interested no shade no worries yeah. but give it some yeah. time they're 10 minute episodes and off you go well that's that's what it was we, with sarah like uh yeah. she was she was like he's kind of annoying I'm like please just and we got past a point and then it turned into we'd get to the end of the day and sarah would be we're watching steven universe right I got time. We can watch three or four episodes. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially because we got to that point where they would drop four episodes every six months and that's all we would have for six more months. And it truly Mm -hmm. turned. Yeah. I I wrote the Steven bombs for a while and she got into it later. (laughs) It's, it's one of those things that it is. It's truly like the first, you, you know, 25, 30 episodes. It's a true little comfort hug because like so many of us also as nerdy adults who, we were Steven. We absolutely were Steven in some way, shape or form, or we were Connie because, you know, a lot of us are the classic burned out overachievers, uh, which, you know, Connie is just, you know, she is that oh. wonderful character. Oh, Connie. But, but then, you know, typically that gets people, hopefully it gets them over their humps so that they are emotionally available so that when you hit, you know, episode a hundred and Steven has to poof bismuth and you're like, uh, 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 and then you're ready for Steven Universe Future, which I needed a therapy session after, and I will bill it to Rebecca Sugar. Uh, but <laughs> understandable, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Steven needed that therapy too, so you could, yeah, that's the his... whole point of Steven Universe Future. The whole yeah. point. <laughs> but so let's, you know, we've talked about being, you know, kind of keeping carrying the banner, if you will, to quote Newsies or carrying the torch. 
Um, yeah. Going the distance, if we're going to quote, quote Hercules, I've been in a very Hercules mm-hmm, mm-hmm. recently. What are the most recent Pokemon games you've played? I am in the middle, as of this recording, in the middle of playing Pokemon Violet. Okay. I, up until then, was playing a little bit of Shining Pearl. Despite the fact that Gen 4 got me back into Pokemon, and I have such fond love for Gen 4, Uh I know it's got its ups and downs, and I know it's not for everybody. And unfortunately, the remake was not far enough or too far. It was not far enough in either direction unfortunately and so i am i'm at the elite four and i just went i don't have to do this yep okay i'm so glad you brought this up i was hoping you would want to talk about this because on our discord which if you're not a member of it sir, uh, make sure you uh join the certain pov discord which is available on our website or on the facebook group but i also i'm always a day late and dollar short and i'm sure everybody gets annoyed when i go hey have you guys heard anything about this game i can't be bothered to google it but it looks fun but i don't want to spend the money and so oh you're on a video game discord and you're asking a bunch of nerds to talk about a game what an inconvenience such an inconvenience but how dare you I (laughs) i posted one day and i said I really hate to be this person, but I'm straight up not having, I'm not enjoying Shining Pearl. And am I the only one that's experiencing this? And I'm, I cite my, so I'm also going to say that I was at a weird point in my life when the mm-hmm. original came out and I probably only played maybe to the second or third gym and I just kind of quit. And I did the same thing with Platinum, but I also look back to the person I was then and went, you were barely focused on keeping yourself, you know, sober. So like, let's, let's give yourself a little, little leeway there. But mm-hmm. I, what are some things for you with, and also I do think we have to say this was an, uh, this was an outsourced game for Game Freak. They outsourced to a studio. So what are some things for you that while you're playing Shining Pearl that just kind of aren't not sitting right, but that you're, that is affecting your enjoyment of this as the thing that got you back into Pokemon. I there's, there's a couple of things. I would like to take this as a moment to, as a blanket statement, say that something that does make me sad about Pokemon as a franchise is the fact that because of whatever symbiotic relationship there is between those that make the games and those that make the merchandise and those that push and those that control and whatever else that I feel, look, I don't think there's a point where there's too many Pokemon games. I still want to find more and play more, and I love them. But I also think that they are putting out too many. There are, and I know that a lot of this is because that they can't they can't debut new Pokemon unless they're in new Pokemon games. And typically, Mainline I think is the the main on that, which is why Meltan was such a big deal on Pokemon Go. Absolutely. you have to have that, and th- thus, to sell more merchandise, you have to put out more games. Put out more games, you have to have a... Qu- and so the development cycle on these things is so fast. And so Pokemon Violet is possibly my favorite Pokemon game in at least three gens, except oh, wow. for the... F- okay. but, but it gives me a great deal of frustration that I can see the half-baked ideas. They sort of, like, yes. capped them off and went, this is fine, because I feel like they had to. And there's so many things that people get upset about with Pokemon games, like you don't have a full enough Pokedex or whatever else, or what are using these old models? Because they have to. Because this is a Majora's Mask situation of you can only use these assets because you have less than a year to put this out. And the parallel development of Pokemon Violet with Legends Arceus, and Legends Arceus was also fantastic in my opinion, 
again, not without its flaws, but I loved it. But because of the parallel development, I was really hoping that some of the cool things that made me so excited in Legends could have been in a Gen 9 game, but they couldn't quite. And so I'm hoping that Scarlet Violet is kind of the Wii U to the next one switch of you and because they feel previous generations have been like that too and so back to brilliant diamond shining pearl they had a number of the quality of life updates that have made me very happy in newer pokemon games part of why i love violet is some of the quality of life stuff is just too good to to get mad at anything else essentially but there was a couple of those but they also wouldn't update other things it feels like and they would be reminders i i often will refer to things as pocket on a banister where if you're wearing like a large coat and you're in a hurry you, that is when you catch your pocket on whatever banister you're trying to run up and yep. then you eat shit on the stairs and, and so rip your, coat. <laughs> rip your coat cause these problems that's always the worst thing and it's the tiniest thing there's probably nothing in the pocket but it's mm-hmm. it's one of those and so the fact that we had several generations of the pokemon center and the pokemart being under the same roof but they didn't change the layout of the towns. So I have to go to the Pokemon Center and then I have to go to the shop because of those sorts of things. But you have fully analog motion. So other things are thrown off. There's This is what I mean by it was like not, not quite far enough or too far one way or the other. And I am a nostalgic retro gamer. I will understand, I will do my best to understand the context of when a game comes out so that when there are inconveniences of like, God, aren't we past this? We weren't past it 10 years ago. This was ahead of its time at the at the time, but and I try and I try to keep that in mind. I do go back and play Gen One every now and then with that in mind. I wouldn't recommend it to a new Pokemon player, but it's it's significant and I have the nostalgia. And they changed enough to disrupt the nostalgia, but didn't change enough to make it a new and exciting experience. I didn't mind the Chibi art style, but again, all of these things cute. like mm-hmm. yeah, anything on its own was fine. I did appreciate the fact that even though they went back to single-use TMs, they gave you multiple single-use TMs yes. when you beat the gym leader. There there were and this is again that like fast turnover time, outsourced development as you mentioned Maddie the very and astutely at that. The the fact that there's it's just one too many almosts. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. it took away because it was a remake that polished off the nostalgia and that love and then wasn't enough to get you to the next stage, at least for me. Well, and also because Ruby Sapphire's remakes were awesome. Oh, they, they were, were great. So good. And so I also think, so literally as we're recording this, um, uh, Konatsu is um, kind of video game, pop culture, anime, um, like news blog. They're actually really reputable. They write really interesting thought pieces, but today they had published a piece that said, we need a break from Pokemon. And I went and I started reading and I just went, okay, this is from someone who has gotten into gaming, but casually doesn't understand the, the eternal, the, the agreed upon three year release cycle of Pokemon. It is something that must, it is, it is a fixed moment in time. If we're going to reference Dr. Who for a second, kind of, yeah, three, yeah, that three year game release has to happen. Um, and AV club, the, the day that Sapphire, um, Violet and Scarlet came out, brought up a really good point that because game freak has to start working on games so far in advance, 
that typically they don't there's no carryover from one gen to the next in order of team people who created the game Mm -hmm. um and so this the the from the 20th anniversary to the 25th i don't think pokemon and nintendo or game freak were prepared that they were going to be continually releasing new content between the anime product and video games for five years. I think the cycle will actually time out at the end of this year is the 25th. Um, or okay, yeah. maybe this year was the, I think this year was the end of the 25th, but maybe yeah. then I think these were the last games in that release cycle. And so they've been releasing more games in five years than they released in the previous 10 because it was their golden, it was their first big anniversary. So mm-hmm. I actually brought up a point before this that I was like, I don't think we're going to see this many Pokemon games released in five years until the 50th. I think the 50th will kick off a huge anniversary, but I'm hoping they can go back to the idea of, a mainline game every three years and maybe a sequel or DLC a year and a half in to -hmm. keep us going. But I also think that we know that in three years, or I think it's two years, the new, I think they're calling it the Nintendo NX right now um, will be released with breath of the wild. So in about two years, so that would set up that the next Pokemon game will come out on the more advanced version of the switch because for a lot of people, I think the it's just that the switch is five years old at this point and it is Mm -hmm. having a hard time keeping up, which is, I think a very good and bad thing because it sees that Nintendo is understanding where their growth needs to be, but also maybe Pokemon wasn't the first game that we need to really flex this with um because yeah. it's actually playing violet is making me want to go back and pick up sword again and i'm thinking and what i love out of this is a lot of people have said oh i think we were really unfair to sword and shield three years ago now that we're seeing I think this so. game and i would agree with that as well um just because i think while I love a vast Pokedex, I generally like a lot of the new Pokemon. Mm-hmm. I also say all Pokemon deserve love, um, here, even here. if they look like trash. But, you know, they're literal trash. Sometimes I love Garbodor. Literal trash. I do as well. But also I say, you know, sometimes not everything is for us. And so not every generation of Pokemon needs to be for us. I'm not understanding who this gen is for yet. But again, I think I walked in and told my sibling the other night, I was like, I'm not having fun. And this was a very expensive game to not be having fun with. That's, that's and, real. Yeah. And, but you're right. I, I'm loving catching as many Pokemon. Like the fact that I just finished the second gym and I've got like 65 Pokemon caught in my Pokedex. I love that. I am at a single gym. I am heading for the first team star base because look uh-huh. if i could all of the quests excite me and i'm just gonna slowly rotate my way through them i am at i think 87 that's incredible i am... went nuts once i realized that's... you could unlock items for catching more pokemon i caught more pokemon <laughs> well and it is a thing where i like that i can walk into an area and i just can see 30 different Pokemon. And I did like the idea that they're handing you baby Pokemon early in the game that you have the ability to train up, especially yes. as like a Jigglypuff die hard as a, a Azumarill die hard. I love that. I was able to capture their babies early on. The fact that I got rock rough really early because the thing that yeah. I hated in Alola was that rock rough. You get so late in the game that I couldn't use Lycan Wolf 
at mm-hmm. the Elite Four. Like, it just wasn't. So there are a lot. I'm in love with the three starters. I will die for all three of them. I will accept no criticism of any of them. I think they're all no. perfect little babies. Um, so, you know, again, there are those things that I was also like, maybe I can enjoy gens of Pokemon, enjoy other people playing them and not have to always play them for myself and go back maybe when it's appropriate. Like I will bet you anything that they're going to port it over to the next, the switch um, pro, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure it will be, I'm sure the game will be almost flawless then, but I think it's just showing that, they're also listening to us. We've been begging for an open world game since Red Red Redemption, since Skyrim. Like we've and Sword and Shield gave us that a little in the wild areas. And th- but part of it is like I got really lost in that first section between the first gym and the second gym mm-hmm. of it's all that desert area. I got so lost and had such a difficult time figuring it out that it really frustrated me. Mm-hmm. going in circles and feeling sick because I'm like, I don't understand what I'm doing and the map doesn't always help out. So I think that's been like, am I going to finish this game? Absolutely. But do I also want to pause it to start Arceus? Cause I still haven't played Arceus yet, but I have it. I'm also I, like, Oh, I I've, think you're going to enjoy that. Like given these complaints, I think Arceus is going to be yeah. right up your alley. And, but what I'm also seeing is that maybe if, if they had like been able to push this game one year further out and they could have brought the team from Arceus over to Scarlet and Violet, I yeah. think that could have helped. Or, you know, maybe they develop a secondary team that's um because like I think the Arceus, the idea of history, I think it's so rich. I love that you reference Lieutenant Surge because in the anime, he talks about a Pokemon war and then they've taken the pokemon war from the anime and talked about it in the games and we've got even with um x and y we have the thousand year old um guy who like alludes to like a war of the roses like a battle of the tutors during pokemon time which just makes me go what if instead of keep going into the future we go into the past and those are some of the games that we're getting to give older variants or see pokemon that have evolved to you know we have scissor now because of you know there used to be another version of scyther which is incredible all those things Mm -hmm. i think if we could maybe develop that also we have so many people that have degrees and want to work in gaming like maybe have a rotating team that is able to move between games i think could really help source those problems yeah for, for a lot of us yeah i feel certainly where i sit in a place as a gaming journalist and i use that term very lightly entirely in lowercase (laughs) And that's just the thing. I have enough observations and things that I, I, I sit in a dangerous position. I, I know too much, but I can't affect enough. And so I think all, whatever it is that they can do to alleviate crunch and let these things develop and be is great. And I agree that not every single one of these games has to be for us as, and the thing is thinking about this while we're talking about it, the brilliant diamond shining pearl remake also called to attention the difference in a Switch-based Pokemon game versus DS3DS. DS3DS had some incredible Pokemon releases because Mm -hmm. they played to the strength of the system. And Mm -hmm. it allowed for, you weren't worried about super crazy graphics, so you could fit in as many stats as you needed. And so my, my copy of Pokemon X, I have the first team that has been 
bred for perfect IVs that I EV trained oh, that this okay. whole layer of mm-hmm. stat fantasy football following that I went, I can't go down this rabbit hole. I'll never come back. So a friend helped me do it. They, they bred the Pokemon for me. I told them what I needed. I loved it. Like, thank you, Sherwin. And I trained it from there. And that was, that was, that was the ideal, but you can't have that. If you also want 3d graphics, you can't also have that. And so that also calls into attention that. And so again, can't please everybody, but everyone wants Mm -hmm. to be pleased. Uh, Also X and Y was such a, it was one of the, it was the first Pokemon game that I went, this is so beautiful. I like, loved it. At black, black and white in the pixel art was perfect for the fact that it was supposed to be a United States uh, inspired season. I thought black and white worked perfect for what black and white needed. And then when we got mm-hmm. X and Y, it really, again, it leaned into what made the 3DS such a flawless system that Nintendo should be so disappointed that they have now completely driven it out. Uh, uh, yeah no. all support from the it's the one thing nintendo goes that i go you are so stupid but playstation does it too they saw how popular the backwards compatible ps3 was and how the most perfect console ever which is the playstation 2 uh was backwards compatible and people yeah one of them but i i love no I love no i said what up because like oh, you know yeah. oh, i, yeah, I yeah. am a, um ps1 is probably like the if you were to pick a system that just calls to your soul Mm -hmm. it's the ps1 for me Mm -hmm. and i recognize that the ps2 is just it can do everything the ps1 does and so yeah no here here yeah and so i think it was i also think that nintendo in it's they're doing a lot of what what's affected disney negatively in the past five years nintendo instead of staying inside of what makes nintendo so wonderful and beautiful and nostalgic Mm -hmm. because again Two of the three longest running franchises that are the most money making are Nintendo franchises with Mario and Pokemon there with Hello Kitty, which has been around, you know, 15 years longer than even the Mario franchise. So it's I think Nintendo is a little outward looking right now and trying to be like, well, this is what Xbox is doing. This is what Sony's doing with PlayStation and is making them great and not realizing that they've built a wonderfully beautiful system that doesn't work the same way the other consoles do. And right. so it is just going to affect the kind of, but also I don't go to Nintendo for the same games that I'm going to, tr- you know, there's a reason why I always have a Nintendo system and occasionally have a Sony system just Abs- because yeah. they're different games. And it's also like why I don't care if kingdom hearts ever gets come fully ported over to the switch because, or, you know, Nintendo, because that's something that I want to break out a PlayStation and play like, because I want the PlayStation experience. Um, um, so as we've been talking through this, Jeff, what is your favorite Pokemon game? And it doesn't even have to be a mainline game. It can be sideline games. You can give me multiple, but what are kind of your favorite Pokemon game experiences? Oh, I am a big fan of when Pokemon mechanics are very well applied outside of the mainline games. Okay. I do love the mainline Pokemon games. Like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, which is my favorite mainline game will be here forever. And I feel I'm not alone in that. <laughs> no, absolutely. Everybody's given me two or three, which I think is also super valid. Pro- probably back against the wall, Pokemon X. Cause I do love mega evolution as a concept. And I'm sad that because of the nature of things, they have to keep <gasps> mm-hmm. adding a new one ever and abandoning the old one. Like mega evolution could have carried us forever, but also, Xerneas is so beautiful. So gorgeous. Beautiful. 
And it's such a Ghibli-inspired game, and you cannot tell me that it's not. Like, it and is... I also loved using the circle pad to rollerblade. I got to do rollerblading yes. tricks and yes. pick outfits. I had I put on specific outfits to go challenge gym leaders. I had adventuring outfits. Me too. Outfits. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what this is mm-hmm. about. But also around that time, I was playing Pokemon Shuffle and Pokemon Pacross, which uh-huh. those were... I'm not a huge match three kind of uh, mm-hmm. person. I like match three. But I also look to my spouse who, if you were to say, what's your favorite Pokemon game? It's Pokemon Pinball, Un- undoubtedly. But also Pokemon Shuffle is something that the two of us played tons of. And the uh-huh. fact that Mega Evolution worked as a concept there. And you yes. could do type advantages. And they had abilities. And playing Pokemon Pacross. Pacross is definitely my puzzle vice. Oh, my God. And again, each type had different abilities and you were drawing the pictures of the Pokemon and they're all that kind of, they integrated it well. And that's something I love about Pokemon as a franchise is that when you really can step back and it's nicely done, you can integrate the concepts brilliantly. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I think also, let me think as I do, because it's like, what are the games I like? And I mean, Pokemon Snap, new Pokemon Snap have been great. New Pokemon Snap has been the best asymmetrical multiplayer couch co-op game Mm -hmm. of the last two years, because you almost play more when you're not holding the controller. It's just going on a photo safari with everyone in the room with you. It's great. And I appreciate it for that. And I love those sorts of experiences. (sighs) I'm like, you know what? Hell with that. I think maybe Pokemon X. I love that. And I love that too. I will say I'm so excited because I pay for switch online. I do think it's really fun for the nostalgia reasons of not having to hunt down a um, emulator. It's not terribly expensive if you're already paying for the online stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. The, on the internet access and i'm really excited that we're going to get stadium and coliseum ported in the next year into that because coliseum yes! is so important to me i still i have my copies of gale of darkness and coliseum and the memory cards because those games are so good i love them oh, so much my jealousy um, it is so it's it's those are the ones that i've held on to over the years and those both of those game discs might not be my originals but i've held on to that GameCube game card the whole time. It's like I have a uh, one for Buffy Chaos Bleeds and um, Digimon uh, Data, Digimon World Data Squad that I have Ooh. the same. I have the same. Oh, it's such a good game for anybody that likes a Pokemon like game uh, with D- Digimon. It's so good, and it's for the PS2. It's super affordable. It's lovely. Go go grab it now. Okay, so I don't want to break your brain with this next question, but it is I think one of the most singularly important questions when it comes to Pokemon. If you had to pick a singular Pokemon that is your favorite or would be your one partner for all time, what Pokemon is it? Farfetch'd. Mm, that checks for you so much. And uh, now, now is it Kanto Farfetch'd or Galarian Farfetch'd? That I haven't put as much thought into. Probably Kanto Farfetch'd is for nostalgia, but Galarian Farfetch'd is adorable. And I love that the past few generations, they pick at least one almost sad Pokemon and go, now they have an evolution. Listen, I I will love them for Scarlet and Violet for giving it to Dunsparce because that Did... little baby is so special and so important. I was not prepared for to Dunsparce. <laughs> like, this was everything. There were a couple of directions they could have gone with evolving Dunsparce. All of them had to be uh-huh. completely asinine and stupid. I was, I was just expecting it to be bigger. Yeah. This was oh, the extra I w- segment. I wanted... I wanted a Wallord, like I wanted Wallord-sized Dunsparce, like that does. Yeah, exactly. Nothing. Stupidly I, huge. 
I also thought what would be so lovely is if all he did was offensive and status moves was all he was able to learn. I thought would have been hilarious, but also then oddly make him super efficient for tournament style gaming. I thought it would be really fun and silly, but I also, I have a, a friend named Mads who they love Dunsparce. And every time I open a pack of Pokemon cards, I will send them a picture of when I pull a Dunsparce because they love Dunsparce more than anybody. So this actually leads to another fun question i think is there a pokemon that you feel the need to defend with your life when people talk shit about them usually some of the goofier poison types mm -hmm. i because you love poison right you, poison you're, is you're definitely poison my mm -hmm. yeah i i if, if i i will make concessions to practicality in my battling and in my single player experience but if i can make a nearly fully poison or poison forward team that's what i'm doing like Toxapex was my big hitter or like my, my clutch oh, yeah. in Sword and Shield. I've also been having the past couple of generations finding whatever variant of a classic Pokemon ends up becoming my new favorite. And they're usually a poison type. The Alolan Grimer, I know it was already poison, mm -hmm. but the like mm -hmm. rainbow, I, I caught one. I named her Cheery. She was my like, she was my rock. And I, this early on in Pokemon Violet, I caught a... A whooper that uh -huh. uh, so i now have my claude sire and i love uh -huh. this i i haven't named her yet i need to i gotta come up with one no, nothing's left out yet but i'm so excited so i also have to say this this is a really good time to talk about one of my favorite pokemon that everybody hates on but i think it's because i'm a big person they're always a big person but Slowpoke. I yeah. will die for. I love Slowpoke, but I'm gonna say I might have said it when I was on Fun and Games for the 25th anniversary special that I did with you and Matt. But mm -hmm. I have never cared about poison really before, other mm -hmm. than like I love a Nidoqueen. I would die for a Nidoqueen. But oh yeah, when we finally got the poison psychic combo with so, and so I was like. Oh, so what, what I'm hearing is that I'm going to have the grossest little pastel gem that is going to be headlined by Galarian Slowking and Galarian Rapidash. Let's yeah. go off, fam. Like, let's go off. Like, truly. I, I, and, and it's so funny to see when, like, people uh, gear towards a certain type or not, sort of which way you then branch out, where I definitely love a team of just weird gremlins. The other big uh, sword and shield one for me was Galarian Meowth and Berserker. Yes. I, I, okay. I will say this probably on every episode of this, but I'm always one that goes, remember Pokemon company. There's more than the original 250 to get their regional variances. And then I go, except we need except a Meowth. regional variance of Meowth in every game. Every yes. game should have a regional variance of Meowth. I want this. I need culturally this. Sound. Yeah. I was like, why don't we have a Mancoon? Why have we not gotten a skinless Sphinx version of Meowth? That is a psychic type I think would be genius i was like also a why why okay so i also did love it in scarlet uh, in uh sword and shield i did love glaring meowth and perserker but i was like why haven't we gotten a orange tabby meowth that is also a fire type where is this meowth at where i mean and they do make a babies? lot of different cats but meowth they do but meowth i want an entire team that's just regional meowths because honestly if you play it to your strengths it could honestly work beautiful for you, and I think it would be love play. 
Yeah. And I, it's, it, it kind of lives in that evolution corner where mm-hmm. you can have your favorites. You can build an entire team of them. Having mm-hmm. more than enough for a single team is also great because then you can kind of pick and choose. Mm-hmm. I, okay, I I'm going to scream about this for a second. They owe us at least four evolutions, if not five. Where have they? Also, because Scarlet and Violet, if there had been one in Violet that was ghost and one in, in Scarlet that was fighting, they would have been themed in world. We deserve them. I, where are they? Or even if they'd done a a ghost and a dragon maybe in one and then a fighting and yeah. steel in the other one or fighting in ground like that make them future in future in past whatever past yeah i mean part of the difficulty with evolutions is all of the evolutions are based off of types that were historically special only and so i can see why having the fighting type is a problem and things like that but i don't know i don't know i i want this too i want to see what they do Uh i i I need a full set so that it's just all of the because we've got what 14 types 12 types like give me my one that i think we're up to like oh well yeah because especially because now dragon is its own typing and well yeah um, we we had steel and and i think we're at 17 types i want to say oh my god also i think i also want a regional variance of eevee that only evolves into a normal type and that's uh, that's our normal type eevee and again having regional evolutions of eevee sounds like fun because again you've already got location-based ones because of leapion and glacion from gen 4 which they had to change yeah. up, but like there, there's a lot to do there. And I do appreciate that they've gotten weirder about how you evolve your Pokemon. Like, I love yeah. this so much. It's frustrating. Maybe it's like, I just want it to evolve. Well, you got to learn your, your partner. Come on. We've, we've t- yeah. given you all these other facts and you can look up how to the ending of the game three hours before it comes out. Uh, yeah. We can walk around with a dog. Okay. Flip your 3ds yeah, upside so down. I- I am going to posit that I think because of what they set up in journeys that we have an Eevee that is rejected evolving on its own Mm -hmm. and no, no stones worked on it. None of the evolution types worked on it. I think because they've already said we're getting DLC for Scarlet and Violet. I could see that part of selling the DLC would be giving us the evolution in the DLC. I could also see that happening. If you had an Eevee that evolved holding an Everstone, and then evolved into a normal type. Uh, and make it just a bigger, cuter baby. Like make it mm-hmm. look like think, <laughs> think, uh, Pegasus's deck in Yu-Gi-Oh. That's just the tune type cards. It's just <laughs> the most dangerously cute thing that's ever existed. Like it just think of when um Mincino evolves. That it's just it just gets fluffier and bigger yeah. proportions. I I, I, I feel like if you genius. made it a little like longer and leaner, but also floofier. Yes longer oh, yeah. ears well, yeah i love ferret i think ferret is one of the perfect most perfect evolutions i would argue that i think introducing that kind of ev evolution would be great for a historical game mm-hmm. because it would be like before ev adapted to being multi multi evolutionary that that i think that would work lovely so we keep you you i you referenced having a team of little gremlins at one point which i just love that term mm-hmm. but what is your dream team? No legendaries, no mythics, but what is your dream team of six? Oh, 
That is, for me, it's a lot of what I need and what's going on. I definitely have more strategy ideas on things. As mentioned, I love Poison-type Pokemon. I tend towards, I'm not big on status, not status moves, on like stat moves, but I do love status moves. I'm a big fan of having fun with setting toxic spikes and Mm -hmm. let's Venoshock them. Let's have some fun with that. There are... Like for me, it is so much of a of a vibes thing. How do they all work together? How does it feel based on where I am? Very like I would probably take Perserker everywhere, but it felt especially good with a team that was a lot of poison set up and then just setting up a steel wall that had hone claws and going crazy on people while they were it's it didn't didn't matter what you do to me. Yeah. And I love that. So there there's there's favorites and I don't know, because, again, Dream Team, is it a dream battling team? Is it just the six I want to travel with all the time? I would say maybe the... where what does the heart of the cards tell you? Like, I would say, what is your dream six Pokemon that you would travel with? And then, you know, I, I always tell people, think about this from the, uh, the anime standpoint of, like, because anime defied logic and reason many times with battle style. So I would say, of course, if this is your Ash Ketchum, your dream team to travel with that we that you could if you were the actual protagonist that maybe the universe would bend that these are your Pokemon who are strong and important. And they are, you know, cause Ash's Pikachu is not like any other Pikachu. So just, I'd say maybe yeah. they're your dream Pokemon and you can make it work for battle or uh, typing or just the ones that you want to, you travel with. I mean, I would definitely bring a Farfetch'd. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I would probably have like an Exploud. Having something big and loud is always fun. And I would think I kind of love wheezing. There's just something so fun about either Galarian or Kanto. And I <gasps> Galarian wheezing. I love them. So the much. fancy <laughs> love it. And, and also fairy type. I love that. He got a little foppish. I thought that was yeah. so smart and funny. I think, I think a little bit of poison, a little bit of birds. I, as far as like IRL animals, I, mm-hmm. I love birds. And so probably a Psyduck, probably, <sighs> mm-hmm. Uh, probably a Murkrow. Oh, oh, I love, I think Honchkrow is so like just dapper and majestic. I love him so much. Also, cause he reminds me of Yubaba as a bird, like the Yubaba bird form from Spirited Away. Uh-huh. I, I love, I love Honchkrow and Miss Magus are mm-hmm. my little babies that I love that they were introduced. Their original forms were introduced together. And then the evolutions were introduced together. Mm-hmm. I was like, these are two best gay friends. Like they're your, they're the spooky queers that run the local coffee shop, and I love them. Yeah, this this is making my queer brunch group is really what this is, and that's it truly, fine. truly. I mean, yeah, I mean, honestly, yes, because we all have our friends that are a little toxic, but we love them exactly. And this is this is fine. Is that everybody? I don't know. I'll 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 think about my 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 number six. Perfect. Um. So. I can we assume that if you did your traveling and you journeyed the world and were invited back to your home region to be a gym leader, would you choose to take over the poison type gym? I would probably either take over the poison type gym or mm-hmm. I would. And I thought about this. It'd be kind of fun to take over a normal type gym. Oh, because nice. Because, yeah. again, I would, like I mentioned, explode. It'd be fun to have. And there's a lot of like a lot of sound based moves are mm-hmm. normal type and there's soundproof as a, as an ability. And again, that sort of idea of leaning into who you are as part of your gym, like making a Pokemon gym that is also a recording studio. 
Yep. Would be Absolutely. super cool, super fun. And, you know, it's a normal type. It can take on a little bit of everything. Bring your influences. Mm-hmm. Show me what you got, man. Let's go. Well, and I also love that normal, most normal types now also have a secondary type, which yes. really, it shows that you need to have strategy going into a normal type gym. Also, because the normal type of moves are so strong. Though guest of the pod that we had before this Dean, who is a musician as well, suggested that they need to stop being cowards and introduce sound as a type. Okay. And then evolve uh, that out of normal type. But I, I thought it was fun also just because I love the sound, the sound village in Naruto. But uh mm-hmm. it is I, yeah. I I just love that idea. Now, if we're gonna twist this a little, now this was the my mm-hmm. favorite question that I've come up with in giving to everybody to see what they do. So say that you're in a version of the Pokemon world where it's more about the theme of your gym than the Pokemon Mm -hmm. that are in it. So I'm calling these the non-conventional gym types. What would the concept of your non-conventional gym be? I would make a black box theater that is probably mostly fairy type built around all sorts of moves like I, I've got my list up now. I have a list of so Do many it, dumb please. gyms. Give it to us. Give it to us. Um, th- well, th- this one is, yeah, because you would have double battles because you need to have an improv partner. And it would of be course. built around things like metronome, copycat, mimic, mirror move, counter, encore, entrainment. Any of these ones that are just like theatrical concepts and back and forth and working together and a yes and gym. <laughs> I love that. Uh, add some repetition in there. We get a little Meisner because the, I will say in sword and shield, the fairy gym is my favorite because it's a quirky old lady running her own community theater and it yes. is everything, which they and like really have it be the black box theater and you bring the color. Yes. Like, all right, we need a yes. suggestion. Uh-huh. I will. And I love that even in the anime, they took it one step further where in order to battle her, because she's a quirky old lady and doesn't want to just like battle everybody she mm-hmm. waits until there's like six trainers together and everybody gets a different form of Alcreme and they have to decorate a big, beautiful cake and sell it to her. And whoever wins gets to keep their Alcreme partner and they win the right to battle her. And I thought that was just genius. I do like that we get kind of mini games before the gym battles now. Some of them yeah. can be a little annoying, but I enjoy the the little change of pace. It it actually makes me very happy. And I, I like that they put on the anime too. It comes down to my my like neurodivergent, maybe slightly autistic uh, self that I'm like, give me mini games. Give all of us classic overachiever kids who are now burnt out. Give me fun mini games in the gyms. I like this. So, yeah, it's been been fun. It now, makes it and was, also because the like puzzle of getting to the gym leader was getting completely ridiculous. Like it was, oh, these yeah. gyms can't exist. I've suspended my belief. I know I'm walking around with little collapsible gods on my belt. You can't launch me across this flying gym. That's unsafe. Oh my god, the fucking cannons in Skyless gym. I know yep. I can't. Well, also, I always the bane of my existence is any ice path where mm-hmm. you have to specifically pick one set of rocks to hit against and if you mess up halfway through you have to start over like i just did the ice gym in um in pearl and i went i accidentally walked out of the gym i did one wrong stroke and And then they reset everything and i just went 
Oh my God. <laughs> now, Jeff, something all of my guests don't know is that I have also done a unconventional gym for every single guest that I have on. Okay. And so as, as one of my fellow queer, fellow queer people, uh, this one I just thought was fun and I just call it the boots house down experience. Okay. Um, and I was like, these Pokemon that are probably gay icons. Uh, and so it starts with Bunnery because it has to. Mm-hmm. Um, then Primarina because we all have that friend. Um, yes. uh, Hatterene because also we all have that friend. Um, Jinx because Jinx. Because Jinx. Also, where is Jinx's evolution? Mr. Mime now has a, ba- like, has a regional variation. Mm-hmm. Where is Jinx's evolution? Um, now, because I understand that all queer people uh, are not all, you know, we all look very different. So then my next one would have to be Nitto Queen because I stand. Yes. And then arguably one of the most beautiful Pokemon that has ever existed that is not a legendary or mythic, uh, um, uh, Milotic, would have to be in this gym because she's regal. She's beautiful. She's She's fabulous. She's everything. She, she she's be. pure absolutely fabulous so that's that was mine for today uh i I, it's been one of my favorite things to do because while i was like getting all of the guests i was like well it's only fair if i do it too Mm -hmm. because for some of my friends i was like oh i want to talk about it with them and i was like no we're gonna do one for everybody um i like that i mean i i will if you want i will send you later like because none of these are completed teams they're just weird notes uh i also have on here i i made a list a while ago of really bad ideas that i want in pokemon games like, I don't, I, I don't know if these no. should happen. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to write to Nintendo over this, but I'm like, but come on. Like, yeah. I want the Battle I, Tower to actually be a remake of Pokemon Stadium. Like any of the post-game Battle Frontier, oh, yeah. whatever else. Like, mm-hmm. you do bad 3D renders of every Pokemon. You bring back the announcer. Like, you just go to town on uh, that. That'd be so good. I, I do pine for the days of, like, pokemon crystal level post game like Mm -hmm. i i want gorgeous amounts now they've given us quite a lot of game in scarlet and violet so like i do get it but like x and y was so disappointed with kind of the lack of post game other than our tiny little stories but i loved i loved x y just because it was beautiful but so we have open world games now which is something we've all been asking for or the world has been asking for since like i loved red dead redemption on my xbox 360 i loved it so much Mm -hmm. um and something back when that conversation started was people saying, wouldn't it be great if you could pick your journey through the game? And it was kind of yes. pre-programmed there. And a lot of people suggested something that wouldn't be possible because parents groups and, you know, just understanding that a Japanese company is making it that early on you get to pick the hero's path or mm-hmm. a villain's path where you can join the crime syndicate. So if you had to join a villains team from anywhere in the Pokemon universe, which villains team would you join? Oh, that's tricky because you have to take into account their style and their mission. Yes, absolutely. Because I would say they're... Team Flair in an instant, except for the fact that it is the bunkest of goals. Everything yeah. ends. I'm going to end it sooner. 
Mm. It's, I mean, it very much, I went, is Carl Lagerfeld the head of this fucking syndicate? <laughs> yeah. Like, a, I was, I was a little disappointed actually at the end that the, that the big bosses didn't look like Anna Wintour, like mm-hmm. Tom Ford and, or, or Donatella Versace and, and Carl Lagerfeld. I thought that would have been the perfect way because it was French. It was a fashion, fashion heavy game. I was like, oh, that would have been great for that. Also, because, show me ever when Anna Wintour would wear chromatic or like monochromatic red, but I, mm-hmm. I digress. If I had to pick one, I would probably go with team skull just because no matter how fancy I get, no matter how old I get, I am an angry punk at heart. And I love, I, I, I love how hard those kids are trying. And so yeah. much of it is just finding a place. And they had great costumes too. They did like, I, I know that Team Rocket was like OG poison and everything else, but I grew up in North Jersey. I don't need that much mafia in my life. And, and well, it's so it's so well because the rest of them, it's really funny. They all have kind of one specific mission, and once it's either done or debunked, it's like well. But it's what I keep saying about Giovanni is it's actually more terrifying because they have their fingers in every pot across just a crime Kanto boss and Jodo. And it's and but I did say I was like, well, you could like be as like the good you could be the goodest boy and goodest girl and follow with jesse and james because they are lovely delightful humans even though they have done some terrible things they have so they have I. Re- yeah exactly and they i will say in the anime they always reap their their actions always have consequences mm-hmm. but a lot of times they save the day they have saved the they saved ash so many times um also in because yeah. we saw from the the japanese uh finale uh, we saw that they bought a, they bought tickets to watch Ash win live, and snuck into his like green room and left him congratulatory things, and which I just went. I'm. This was so sweet. I love this. I just yes. love them so much. But I mean, also that. I, I, it, yeah. Yeah. I, well, I also think it's because sometimes I was like, well, I could go with Team Aqua, but only because Archie is a daddy. I'm um, Well, yes. Okay, also, we have to talk about before this moves on, I get that queerness is never handled the same way in Asian countries, especially in Japan, as it is in America. Mm-hmm. But you can't tell me that a bunch of people sitting up a game freaking Pokemon company do not know what they are doing with these new character and game designs because let me tell you i think they saw what happened with lady demascara in uh, resident evil and said we need barra barra babes and big mommies like and that is all of the npcs and characters in scarlet and violet the first time i saw a a muscly woman in in pokemon violet i'm just like Okay. All right. It's that kind of thing of like, if you're going pros and cons and like, all right, this is some pros. This erases some cons. Don't even talk to me about them. Well, also, I love that everybody before was like, ooh, ooh, Professor Toro. And then they were like, oh, God, uh, mm, uh, we need to get ready for home ec, everybody. And I was just like. (laughs) 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 I also love that one of the gym leaders is just a tired 40 year old in a suit. Like, it's so like you can tell our generation is now the ones that are making the Pokemon games and they're making them for us in many ways, which I just really do appreciate like really well, it's a kind, it's a kind of way of that i'm like day. look some of my favorite gym leaders are they're either huge and bombastic or just so tired like it's you so no notes for crash or wake crash or wake is no, incredible yeah 
Yeah. And yeah, and and a, and a and a good man for all times, for all all joys and all pleasures. Agreed. And Honestly, I cannot agree. remember his name for the life of me, but the dark type trainer from Alola, who is just the tiredest cop. He yep. he is oh, he, he's the uncle from Persona Four, as a dark oh, type trainer. Absolutely, you are. And I also yeah. appreciated the like tired old like punk goth guy that is the 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 grass gym leader in in scarlet and violet just because i'm like also thanks for not just putting them in green and calling it a day because milo was a sweet baby angel i will die for in, in oh yeah sword and shield but i love his like he also just loves climbing things and being theatrical and has like vine literally could perform he's also very much like somebody who loves you Hakusho and their obsession with Kuwama is their entire personality. <laughs> like that is what he just says to me. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. And I love that. Like these designs happen and they call to us in our own way and our own hobbies and history and whatever else. And I do love how, whether over or under the radar queer, that certainly Scarlet and Violet is when we were first introduced to Penny, you know, I'm seeing team star, hassling them and i i'm in my head they are she they and hassling yeah. oh, penny yes, it's like because also at that point i was playing online co-op with some friends and we're just ch- chatting out the characters i'm like why are they hassling this person who traded all of their gender for a comfy hoodie which honestly mood but also oh also why was that hoodie with evie backpack attached not available for purchase on release day from the pokemon center website like it better just Cowards. be a manufacturing setback because we need this. We need this. Oh, every every them they and she they uh cosplayer out there just looked at it and went, Oh mine uh, now. I feel th- this th- is mine now. Every, I'm taking this home. That that and every I feel like <laughs> this is gonna sound funny, but I feel like every uh he they slash drag queen uh out there saw the I forget the their name, but the electric type gym leader, which is just a big, silly, beautiful bimbo character. I just I haven't even gotten to that gym yet, but I just love the design of the literal magnemite. Like I just it's so good. It's all so good. Like, it's all about I the footwear just, and the headpieces, always. Absolutely. Like, if I don't feel like you could either be in Persona or Kingdom Hearts, I don't want you to be a gym leader. This like, Exactly. I would want to be a gym leader just so I have an excuse to make some wild outfits. I mean, I do anyway, but... I mean, I mean anybody that knows me and follows me will literally know that I got my Sprigatito plush from Pokemon Center, and I just bought the most ridiculously unpractical winter coat without oh, sleep like it, the hat it has and shoulder- everything i i was literally got dressed to take pictures in the backyard of my parents house because i was so excited that my little weed cat plush showed up like oh my god now these i are just the things i want to try to like, like closet cosplay what i want to do every type like what gyms am i a gym leader of you know get i don't need to color code them but i do need to make a theme and make an idea and what am i who am i Hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. When certain right. POV con eventually happens, because we know it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Hit me with it. We have Brett and Pat develop a Pokemon tabletop. And those of us that are participating must show up in closet cosplay of our. Ki- I'm in. Oh, I'm just We're so excited. This. I literally think about to have a heart attack. Oh my God. Cause just like imagining like you and me and Rachel 
and mm-hmm. I just, and I think Storm would go for it too. Like Storm would go oh, hard. I think, I think Storm would. I I know JD is not a Pokemon human, but I feel like JD would be a Pokemon human to just show up. I feel mm-hmm. like Frankie MJ would show up just to play the um like a mono monotoned NPCs. I think. Yeah. This. Well, you I, know it's. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No. You know, go saying ahead. like you know, and in the meantime, this is something we could do over over Zoom, over ZenCast, or over <sighs> something. I feel like so true. This 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 oh, is a, you know when the network has a Patreon. That's a that's a Patreon exclusive stream. Oh my God! Yes, this is when we could all be Brett and Pat, who can stream midday playing D anD D because I'm so jealous of my good friends. I love them so much. They do incredible things over in Geekly Inc. Um, You're here. And I just, it is so good. Uh, oh God, my whole brain, I just, it just <laughs> washed over me. It's, it was just more, oh, that's just, it's just so good. And I had, oh my God, I had a thought. It is now completely gone. But okay. you kind of touched on it on a little bit of, you know, you kind of got out of it, came back with, with Diamond and Pearl. But other than just like liking Pokemon, what is it that keeps you coming back to every game picking up old games what is it that thing that just keeps it going for you um there's a couple of things about it i think let's 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 explore this for a moment yeah let's do it part of it on a very binary zeros and ones kind of thing i am an rpg gamer i love so many other kinds of genres and games and i'm just a this is this is who i am this is my life i play games i love it and there is a great joy in fostering and developing and building a team, a group, a, a single character, trying out wild ideas. I am a, I have suffered from terminal altitis. This is why I don't play a lot of uh, MMORPGs because I played EverQuest for a lot of years, and it oh. took me. A, and I never got anything close to max level because I just tried new things, different race class combinations, different concepts, different whatever. My Magic the Gathering decks are always not great because I build too hard into themes. And Yes, so, me too. Mm-hmm. So the idea of creating an all evolution team, an all poison team, an all cat team, nothing mm-hmm. but haunted objects, uh, nothing oh, but yes. birds, nothing but any of these things. Like if there were whatever it is and finding out about an ability a move a pokemon an encounter and letting it just take root because of the possibilities and all in all the mechanics are good it's not the greatest rpg ever that's not its point it is a good rpg that facilitates a lot of different styles and ideas. Like if there was a game that really leaned into training for contests or Pokestar Studio or anything else, that'd be great. That'd be fun. And it allows for those kinds of developments and ideas. There's enough there that if I want to make nothing but a contest team, you know, in post game and like, I'm just going to make the most fabulous group, most fabulous group. People create challenges for all sorts of things. On that note, yeah. if you've never looked up ribbon challenges that people do, there's a whole subreddit mm-hmm. for it where you, whatever. And honestly, I know I said it's a subreddit. It is the most understanding of hardcore game challenge subreddits I've ever seen because <laughs> I love that. It's not the thing of, because the concept of it is for those who are just listening that 
you were, you know, you can get ribbons for all kinds of things, beating, becoming Pokemon champion, uh, reaching max friendship with this uh, Pokemon and talking to the person who gives you the ribbon, whatever else. And they carry over from generation to generation. So if you have the same Pokemon, you can theoretically take a Pokemon from Gen 3 and carry it as far as up to modern day, and it carries all of those ribbons. And so the challenge is doing that, getting all of them. But they also say from whatever Pokemon, from whatever generation you caught that Pokemon, they don't have to go back. It doesn't have to be the one they debuted in because, as we mentioned before, Pokemon games typically appreciate in value. So to expect somebody to go back and buy a copy of Pokemon Coliseum or Pokemon XD so they could get the Shadow Pokemon and get the Purification Ribbon is insane. The point is to enjoy the game. And I think it's also Pokemon as a franchise has such a wild combination. We contain, we all contain multitudes and microcosms and macrocosms of try hard and win with your favorite. I want to have the most ideal team and the greatest stats and the best synergies. And also I want to win with a trash bag. Come at me. Honestly, honestly, I I love that. Mm Mm-hmm. There's just something so wonderful about it. I remember when Gen 5 came out, people were like, these are all such stupid designs. And it's like, really? The rock with arms and angry eyebrows wasn't? There was no way for it to uh, move itself around. So in the anime, it just floated? That's good Mm -hmm. design to you? I mean, it's great design, Mm -hmm. but not classically good design. Right, right. This is such a, and I love that too. It's like, hold it to a high standard, but get over yourself. There's just such a weird thing with Pokemon that just keeps me coming back. And I love it. Oh yeah. So what are you hopeful for in, for the future of the franchise? I would love for, as I said before, some of the notions and ideas that have been introduced in other games for open world, I would love for that to continue. I think that is something great in Pokemon. There is, and especially if they had a little more time for development, I would love for them to explore something, not even super deep, but to the level of like how in the original Pokemon Snap, you could do certain actions to draw out different Pokemon or to cause certain mm-hmm. Pokemon to evolve. You know, that classic moment of knock the Charmeleon into the lava and Charizard emerges. Oh, Being yeah. able to see what's around you and have those sorts of effects. Playing my first few hours of playing Pokemon Violet, there's, you know, sort of the Rattata of the area is Lechonk, the, the pig Pokemon. Oh, Oh, I love Lechonk. I love Lechonk. Also, I love that the fabulous evolution is the male evolution. I was like... This was for me and only me. <laughs> oh, I, I know. When I saw Oink alone, it was just, hello, ladies. Hello. Kind of thing. Yeah. And <laughs> walking, but also walking around, at one point I saw a group of Lechonk around a tree. And, uh-huh. and I actually have avoided a lot of spoilers. I don't know what my Quaxley will finish evolving into. I don't. <gasps> and I'm excited for that. Exactly. Exactly. Mm, I'm I'll, so I'll, happy for you. I'm so excited for you. Oh my God. I'm so. The please, only you have spoiler to I know about the starters happens. was that Sprigadito stands up and everyone's mad. And I am too. But that's fine. Oh, but regardless. I, everybody can get fucked. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. But it's, it's, it's one of those like, not, listen, we finally stopped the fire fighting streak. And so everyone oh, needs something God. else to get mad at every time. It's like, don't make the cat stand up. That's That's the new one. <laughs> It's true. But it's exactly. But like there was a group of Lechonk around a tree and I'm like, oh, my God, is this like kind of a a truffle searching thing? And if you get a group of them, do they draw out like a mushroom Pokemon, a truffle Pokemon, something like that? That'd be super cool. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I and I because I don't have the spoilers and I'm trying to go into this as blind as I can as somebody very involved in the game stuff that like what comes out in different weather, what comes out in different conditions and having a little more fun with that. Because for me, the best things in open world are not wide, but dense. And I yep. think you can do a very dense open world Pokemon game that doesn't feel overwhelming, but feels lush and full and alive. And we are getting that a little bit. And I want it to continue in that direction. I would love to see further developments of other Pokemon puzzle games. Cause there is something very fun of seeing again, like I said, the, the typing advantages and the other weird little, you know what Z moves and Gigantamax and whatever else Ugh. put those into a falling block game. I don't care. I'll have yeah. a lot of, honestly, oh, I'll, yeah. I'll, maybe that's why I love mega evolution because it was in Pokemon shuffle. I don't know, mm-hmm. but having those as well, because those are a nice break. Those are a nice mm-hmm. change of pace. And because they're trying to, yeah, push out all the anniversary stuff and everything else. I think that's not been there. We, I want another Pokemon Conquest. Not necessarily Pokemon Conquest 2, but that mm-hmm. idea of Pokemon can go everywhere if you let it. If you find the ways that they work together. it To be a complete asshole for a moment, it evolves. That is... I think the perfect way to wrap this up. Now, Jeff, I don't know if you know this, but every broadcast will be giving away a free digital download code to the Pokemon TCG online app. I did not but know everybody that. Needs to, yes, but everybody has to give us a very special password on our Instagram. Today's password is farfetched. Again, today's password is farfetched. Be the first to respond on our Instagram story on the day of release, and it will be yours. Jeff, thank you for taking a break from your journey to be the best that ever was, and we appreciate having you. Tell everyone at home, again, where they can find you online. You can find me personally on most social media as Jeff Makes Noise. That's Jeff spelled with a G, G G-E-O-F-F. If that's difficult for you, tough. It's my life. (laughs) Jeff Makes Noise on Twitter, Instagram. I think I just joined Hive and whatever else is going on right now with social media. You can find me uh, regularly on Fun and Games podcast, which is at the Certain POV Network. So CertainPOV.com, you find not only this show, my show, SideQuest, other fantastic Certain POV shows, the permanent invite link to our Discord server, where you will also find me chatting with Maddie and and Stormageddon and probably Alex as well from the network where we are Mm -hmm. usually on about one game or another and plenty of other friends and folks. All right, folks, coming up next, we have Oak's Pokemon Talk. And later, don't forget to turn into Burma's Password, where real people win real prizes. As always, <laughs> I'm your Poke host, Maddie Limerick. And until next time, it's you and me and Pokemon. Thank you for listening to The Champion's Path, a Pokemon podcast presented by Saturday Morning Confidential, a part of the Certain POV Media Network. You can find us on Facebook at Saturday Morning Confidential and on Instagram at SMC Podcast. There you can follow our link tree to every podcast platform under the sun where you can listen to our show. You can find us along with all of the incredible shows on the Certain POV Network at CertainPOV.com. Saturday Morning Confidential and Dreamer Productions do not own Pokemon. In games or media form, this show is purely for entertainment and educational purposes only. And our ending credit music is Jungle Cavern by Brett Eaglestein. Join us next time for another journey down the champion's path. CPOV. CertainPOV.com.